Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Amen, amen. Good morning to you. Good morning to those who are joining us online. My name is Rick Thompson. We want to welcome you. Um, we're in a series that we have been calling The Power of One, The Power of One. Based on um, Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, it says, There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And so last week represented the need for us to focus on the main thing. What's the main thing? Come on, somebody, help me, help me out. Someone say it's God. It, it, it's God in our lives. Today we're talking about not just the main thing, but the mission, the mission. And concerning the mission in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So I'd like for you guys to turn to someone and say, just do your part. Just do your part. God is not asking you or me to do everything. He's asking us to just do our part. Last week we revealed the fact that there's, again, the one God and one purpose who saves us through one person. His name is Jesus. Into one family the church, which is celebrated all over the world. I've been to many places in the world, and I can always find a believer. Even if we don't speak the same language, there's the same spirit. Come on, somebody. Why? Why did God save us? He said, for one great mission. And once we kind of truly figure what that is and align ourselves around the power of that one, then, then we're going to truly begin to live. Again, I believe it's the reason why so many people are super stressed out in our world today because, and they're overwhelmed and weighed down because they're chasing after too many things at once. And it's the difference, again, between the, uh, between the focus of a flashlight as opposed to a laser. It's the same light, but it's condensed. It's the difference between a garden hose and a, and a pressure cleaner. You can hook that thing up to a pressure cleaner. Don't, don't run it over your foot. You're going to cause some problems. Come on, somebody. It's called focus. And real power comes when we learn to focus our lives. Proverbs 22, 29 says, Do you see people skilled in their work? They will work for kings, not for ordinary people. The Holman Christian says it this way. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand in the presence of kings. He will not stand in the presence of unknown men. Most of us have heard that statement, jack of all trades, master of none, right? What is that? That's a handyman. Come on, somebody. I, I, I don't have anything against handymen. They're a lot less expensive than than you know, their counterparts, but the truth is when you learn to focus and master something, that's when the Bible says you're going to stand in the presence of kings. That's, that's not that you can't have multiple interests and multiple hobbies. It's to say that there's power in living for one thing. 
So the question this morning that goes out to you, that goes out to those who are listening online is simply this. What are you living for? What are you living for? What are you chasing after in life? Again, if it's a whole bunch of different things, you risk not reaching anything. Jesus said to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he says, in all these things, all these things, he says, will be added unto you. Last week, we started in Ephesians 4.1. I just want to pick up where we left off, but in Ephesians 4.3, it says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Again, he says, for there's one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of them all, who's over all, in all, and living through all. Well, he goes on to say in verse 7, however, he has given each one of us a special gift. Through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scripture says when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. So Paul just got through telling us about the power of one, one spirit, one hope, one baptism, one God and Father of them all. And then he tells us that through God's one spirit, God has given out gifts, multiple gifts, to enable us to fulfill the mission he's called us to on this earth. And so for the next few moments, I want us to cover three things that God wants to know concerning the gifts that he's poured out for us. And what he wants us to do. The first thing he wants every single one of us to know, listen to me, is that you are gifted. You are gifted. Now, most of us have seen that bumper sticker on the back of people's cars that say, my child is the honor roll, is on honor roll at such and such a school, or my, or my child is in the gifted program. How many of us have seen that? When you drive around, you see it on the back of people's cars. Well, I've had four kids, and not once did they send home one of those fancy bumper stickers for me. <laughs> oh, I'm not bitter. Okay, maybe illiterate. But listen, they come back naturally because my mama never got one either. And I've got two other brothers. Well, <laughs> we were just happy to avoid the little yellow bus. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> Truth is, I see it for those of us who, who, the way I see it is, if you've never got one of those fancy bumper stickers, we read that thing as saying that your child is gifted and smarter than everyone else's. Now, can I just say, as far as God is concerned, just like we learned last week that everyone is called Everyone, it's not just the minister that's called. Paul talked about uh, live up to the calling that God has placed on you. And he said that out to the church, not just to the leaders of the church. Well, just like everyone is called, everyone is gifted by God in one way or another. 
whether you get one of those fancy bumper stickers or not. We looked at Ephesians 2.10, and it used the word masterpiece to describe those who would give their hearts and surrender their lives to Jesus. Well, the original NIV uses the word workmanship in, in that place. It says in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I'm talking about purpose here today. Now, workmanship li literally means a thing of his making, his handiwork. And I'm told it's the same word in the Greek that we get our word poem from. And so when you, when you write a poem, you just, you just don't use any words. You use special words to convey a special meaning or feeling. And that's what this passage is saying, that every single one of us is a special work of God, carefully and uniquely conceived and created to communicate something special. In other words, Listen to me, there's not another one of you on this planet, and there never will be. You, you're not one in a million. You're one, how many people are on this planet? In seven billion. You're one in seven billion and counting. And the Bible says you're, you're gifted and uniquely shaped by God the Father to accomplish his work in this world for such a time as now. A few years ago, a pastor by the name of Rick Warren came up with an acrostic that kind of helps us see what was shaped by God to do, and I found it to be useful to help people discover their mission assignment in this life. I want to cover it quickly this morning. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, the message, it literally uses this, this language. It says, before I, help me out, somebody, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew you, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you, a prophet to the nations. That's what I had in mind for you. And so this is a prophetic word to, the, to Jeremiah, young uh, Jeremiah, concerning what his call is going to be one day. And the Bible reveals that before he was even shaped in the womb, the Bible says God knew you. Not only did he know you, he says, I've had plans for your life. You are not an accident of nature. You're not some kind of uh, oops baby that kind of just showed up on the scene. No, God, before you were formed in your mother's womb, he says, I knew you, and I have plans for your life. So listen to me. Your gift determines your shape, and your shape will determine your ministry of what God's called you to do. And so we're going to look at this, this, uh, this outline, the shape outline, the S stands for your spiritual gifts, your spiritual gifts. And you need to know that every follower of Christ has been given at least one spiritual gift by the Holy Spirit to help you accomplish what God has for you to do. And sometimes it's more than one. It's two and three things. And the best way to discover what your spiritual gift is, because Jesus says, I didn't come to be served, even though he was the king of kings and lord of lords. He says, I'm gonna, I've set before you an example. And remember, right before his crucifixion, he, he had the last supper with his disciples. He took off his outer garments, and he wrapped a robe around himself, and he assumed the position of a servant and started washing the dirty, filthy feet of his, of his disciples. And he says, I set before you an example today. The Son of Man, though he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, did not come to be served, 
but to be a servant. And if you want to activate your spiritual gifts, you will find a place of service. Because if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you and me. Come on, somebody. Next thing, if you're going to determine what your, what your shape is or what your, what your ministry is, you've got to look at your heart issues, your heart, the things that you are passionate about. Truth is, we don't all get excited about the same thing, and that's okay. Some people think whatever their passion is should be everyone else's passion. Pastor Rick, why aren't you going out here and doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing that? Pastor Rick is doing what God's called him to do. Come on, somebody. And we're not all passionate about the same things. It doesn't work that way. If you, if you ask someone in youth ministry what's the most important thing to be focused on, invariably they're going to say it's youth because they're the future. You're, you're going to get the same answer about children's ministry workers. or uh, uh, The worship ministry might, might say, no, it's to create an atmosphere for us to get into the presence of God so that we can hear from God. If you're an outreach minister, you, you, you might say, no, it's reaching the world for Christ. If, you're, if, if your heart or you're passionate about technical things, you're going to say the worship ministry ain't going to work unless we push the right buttons. Come on, somebody. And so it, it's whatever your passion is that, that, that you need to figure out what your heart is because, you're, because your calling is going to reflect your passion most often. So it's important to find out what those things are. The third thing is we're going to have to look at your abilities. What can you do and what can't you do? Serve where you're good at. Don't say you don't have any abilities. That's not humility. That's heresy. It's not true. Not true at all. We all have an ability to do something. Now, someone might say, might add, well, Pastor Rick, my abilities have nothing to do with the church. It's all work-related, making a living. And can I just say to you, God didn't put you on this earth just to make a living. Come on, somebody. He put you on this earth to make a life that brings glory to him. That's what we talked about last week. It's not just about I, me, and mine. It's about him and bringing glory to him in this world. Every ability you have has been given to you by God. In the Old Testament, we see this on display when Moses was told to, to build the temple for God. And so he, 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 he took up an offering, and not all the offerings were financial. Exodus chapter 35, verse 20, 29, it says the Israelites, all the men and women, all the men and women whose heart moved them to bring material for all the work which the Lord had commanded through Moses to, to be done. And they brought a free, free will offering to the Lord. And so they didn't just bring funds. They brought material. And they, and, and they also came with their skill set with the material. Look real close to what it says in verse 35. It says, the Lord has given them special skills as engravers and designers and embroiders in blue and purple and scarlet thread and fine linen and cloth and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and as designers. And so God was about to build a temple. The call went out, and, they, and many came with, with resources, but they didn't just come with resources. They came with materials, and they came with their skill sets. And the Bible points out the fact that it was God who gave them the skills to, to excel in those areas. It, it goes on to talk about the, the skilled woodcutters and the stonecutters and the engravers and the musicians and all of whom the Bible makes it clear that the Lord had given them those skills. Listen to me today. Every ability you have has been given to you by God for your good 
but ultimately for his glory. And you can use it to, to earn a living because earning a living is good, but you have to do more than just making a life for yourself. Listen to me. In the end, at the end, our lives should try to bring glory to our living Savior. Amen? Figure out why you're on this planet because just collecting a paycheck or making money uh, is not, <laughs> does not, is not going to fulfill your, God's plan for your life. It's more to that than that. Now, somebody might say, well, Pastor Rick, what if I'm on disability or retired? Can I just say this? <laughs> In the body of Christ, some of the best servant saints we have, uh, we have are retired. What they do is what they, they take the rest of their time. A lot of times they'll go on mission trips. They'll go, they'll, they'll, they'll go from place to place. When I was operating with the Josh McDonald ministry, we were going to Russia at the time and, and spreading the gospel. And most of the people that were on that trip were 60, 70 years old and older. Why? Because he says, God has not, do you want, there's one word you will not find in the Bible, retired. He says, God has not called you to retire. He's called you to refire. Come on, somebody. So ask God what he wants you to do with your life. Say something like this, Lord, I'm here. I don't know how you can use me, but I'm willing. Isn't that what the prophet said? Here I am, Lord. Send me. And whether it's computers or gardening or, or, or service of any kind, maybe you're very good at business or whatever, take what God has given you and say, Lord, how, how is the skills you've given me going to glorify you in this world today? Next thing we want to look at is your personality, your personality. Have you figured out that we have different personalities? Anyone married with children? Come on. I have four adult children at this point, and from birth until today, they look alike, but they're different personalities for sure. Ricky and Amanda, type A personality. They're different, but they're type A personality, highly driven. Caleb and Brittany, oh my goodness, they are so laid back, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, but, Caleb, but Brittany, she's, she, she's bold in her own laid-back way. Brittany's very artistic. She makes beautiful drawings and pictures. In fact, she's the graphic designer for the church, does all the sermon series designs that you see uh, uh, around this church. Now, <laughs> where'd she get this skill? The rest of us, we can't even make a stick figure look good. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And she will bring him these beautiful drawings and these designs. And I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> Gift from God. Uniquely gifted by God. In the same way, some people, some people are goal-oriented. Some people are people-oriented. God put us all together the way he did for his glory. Amen? And then last, what are your experiences? What are your experiences? We all have experiences, i.e., the way we are raised and the things that happen along the way. Now, listen to me this morning. Some of the experiences God uses will be the most painful experiences you've had. That's just a fact. Our deepest struggles in life. God, and God can take your greatest messes, and turn them into a beautiful message, amen, of his grace 
if you let him. I just, we had a member that just moved recently, and he just shared a beautiful post on, on Facebook of how his life was a complete mess in drugs and all this other stuff. For years, he couldn't get off until he surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. And he's giving glory to God because now for years, he's on the other side, and, and, he's, and he knows exactly who did it for him. God turned his mess into a message. And the things that have hurt you the most can be what God uses to bring the greatest healing for others. Someone said it this way, God never wastes a hurt. He doesn't waste it. He will use it. Scripture says God causes all things. Someone say all things. All things mean not just good things. He'll cause bad things. He'll cause the things that the enemy used to try to destroy you. He says he causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. In other words, we're on assignment. And when we step into his plans and his will, not just determining what the main thing is, but also determining what his mission is, he says he's going to work things out. Even the bad things that have happened, he's going to turn it around for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So when you look at your shape, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personalities, and your experiences, your gift will help determine what your shape is, the things that God has called you to do in the ministry. In other words, when you determine how God has shaped you, it will help you figure out how God wants to use you. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Anyone ever see this, this, this little exercise? And so you got the different things that go into the different parts. How about the one, keep that one up on, the, on my left, your right, just for a moment. Sometimes churches will do just that with people. You'll hear a message like today on service, and you'll say, okay, I'll serve. And you'll find out there's an opening in the third graders, and you're thinking, you know what? I don't want to be with third graders. I have two of my own that I don't even like. But they put you in that position. You get pushed into it. And inside of six weeks, you're done. And you say to yourself, I'm done with this, and you basically stay done for the next 20 years. What happened? Well, God didn't shape you for that round hole. He shaped you for the square one or the rectangular one or the star one. And because your gifts, your passions, your experiences, your abilities and personality fit, don't fit into that, you, you, you've thrown up your hands. Listen, if you want to know what God wants you to do in the kingdom, you have to look at how God shaped you. And your shape determines your ministry. So if that doesn't work, Listen to me. Don't just quit and sit. Try something else. Amen? And we have a po policy here. Yes, we, we even, God did not call you just to sit. He called you to serve. Jump into something. And if it ain't working out, it's okay. You just let somebody know. And we'll find something else for you to do. Come on, somebody. Until you determine what your spiritual shape is. What those things is that God is calling you to do. Amen? Now, 
You are gifted uniquely by God, and it's kind of silly to compare yourself to other people. The second thing you need to know is that your gift is a product of his grace, of his grace. Now, what do I mean by that? Ephesians 4, 7 says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Now, some translations refer to it as a, that special gift as the grace gift. That's where that term grace gift comes from. It says in, in the New American Standards, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And we need to remember that because oftentimes we think that the way God gifted me or shaped us is the way he should do everyone. Or, or that somehow our gifts are better than other people's or theirs is better than mine. The Bible says that's totally wrong. Paul addresses this kind of crazy thinking in Corinthians, and he tells us that we don't all have the same gift. We don't all have the same gift. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. Why? So that we can help ourselves. What does it say? So that we can help each other. That's another reason why we don't want to neglect the body of Christ, by the way. Because your gift is not just for you. And if you have the ability to jump in to a body of Christ somewhere and you are sitting home in your pajamas just because, you are taken away from what God is trying to do through you, and at the same time, what God is trying to get to you from someone else. Come on, somebody. So we, we, we don't all have the same gifts, but all the gifts from the, come from the same God. Jesus said, the Bible says, he who ascended also descended, but when he ascended, he, he brought forth spiritual gifts. Remember, Jesus says, I have to go back to the Father so that the Holy Spirit can come. And with the, with the advent of the Holy Spirit, he poured down the Holy Spirit on people, and he individually gifted you with different things. And we'll talk about that some more as we go on. Now, the third thing we need to know is that your gift is for God's purposes. Ephesians 4.10 he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the universe in order to fill the whole universe. My question to you is this. Fill the whole universe with what? Fill the whole universe with what? Fill the whole universe with himself, with the knowledge of the love of God. Listen, God wants everyone to know how good and merciful and righteous and forgiving and loving he is. God wants everyone to know that he has a specific plan and a purpose for all of our lives. That every single one of us are potential masterpieces of his love and specifically called and qualified by his grace. And no matter what your situation in life is, even if it's a painful one, God won't waste it. Because he causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him. Anyone love him today? Not ashamed to say it. Come on, somebody. And a call according to his purposes. Now, many years ago when I was a young person and God was calling me into 
service, one of the things that he used was a, a preacher. I can't remember what his name was, but he had, he had cerebral palsy. And he was sharing how he was born with this condition, and, and he walked like this, and he talked like this. And he was sharing how difficult it was for him to, to grow up, and then the hair crawling in his life, and then, God, you're going to call me like this? into the ministry, and, and his final message to those who were listening was this. God called him into the ministry. He eventually got married and the whole nine yards, and he looked out to the audience and he said this, and he walked funny and he talked funny and he had this condition. He said, I have cerebral palsy. What's your excuse? And it kind of reminded me of the modern-day Pastor Nick. And here's a young man who was born with no arms and no legs. And he grew up angry at God. God, you made me the butt of a joke. You've heard the jokes. What do you call a man with no arms and no legs at the door? in a pool, on a wall. Come on, somebody. He says, you've made me the butt of a joke. What purpose? And I'm not talking about no hands, no arms, and no legs. Listen to his brief testimony really quick. Born in Melbourne, Australia, 1982, and my parents had no idea that I was going to be born without arms or legs. I was the only one that I ever saw without limbs. My faith in Jesus Christ was sealed after seven years of wondering why, God, I was born this way. Uh, he answered me very clearly through John chapter 9. And I gave my life to Jesus at 15 after reading about how he came across a man who was born blind. And I'm like, hey, hold on a second. This looks interesting. <laughs> and no one knew why he was born that way. I'm like, perfect. So I read on, and in verse 3 of the ninth chapter, Jesus said, it was done so that the works of God would be revealed through him. And I'm like, wow, God, if you had a plan for the blind man, you do have a plan for me. And that was the beginning of my personal relationship with Jesus. Youth groups were starting to call me. Churches were starting to call me. Opportunities were opening up everywhere for me to share my testimony. I was speaking in front of 300 sophomore public high school students. Three minutes into it, half the girls were crying. One girl in the middle of the room started weeping. She put up her hand and she said, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but can I come up there and give you a hug? In front of everyone, she came and she hugged me. She cried on my shoulder and whispered in my ear, no one's ever told me that they love me. No one's ever told me that I'm beautiful the way that I am. I couldn't believe it, it changed my life. That was when I knew I was called to be a worldwide evangelist. Until you give God your broken pieces. And I want to 
the grace of God, we have seen face to face a half a million souls say yes to Jesus and be plugged into a local church. As crazy as it sounds, our goal at Life Without Limbs Ministry is to preach to every single soul on the planet, seven billion people. We believe that this goal is possible as the Holy Spirit is gathering an army and building up supporters to send us and accomplish this mission. Listen, he has no arms and no legs. And he's answered the call of God in his life. What's your excuse? Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a businessman who gave five talents to one of his servants, two talents to another, and one to another, and went away. And to the one he gave five talents, after he came back, there was an accounting for what they had done with the talents that he'd given them. And to the one he gave five talents, his hair, I've taken your five talents and I've doubled it. There's ten talents. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And enter into the rest or something along those lines. You've done well. And to the one, he gave two talents. He came back when he came back from this business trip. He says, I've turned your two talents into four talents. I've doubled it. And he said, well done. You've done well. As the scripture says, he gave them all according to their abilities. And to the one he gave one, the one he gave one talent to, he says, you know what? I was afraid. I know you are a harsh man and you demand back what I've given. I took the talent that you've given me and I buried it. But I've dug it back up and I'm giving it back. And he said, the businessman was furious. You knew I was a hard man. The least you could have done was given it to the bank and got an interest. He says, you wicked servant. You wicked and lazy servant. Okay? God has given each and every single one of us talents according to our abilities. No one can say they haven't. You may not know what it is yet, but he's given you gifts. He's given you abilities. And he expects us to use it for his glory. This man has no arms and no legs. <laughs> and he's using what God's called him. He can talk to the, to the best of his ability to bring people into his kingdom. What's our excuse going to be? When I look at, a, look, at, look at someone like that, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, Lord. When I heard the, the person with cerebral palsy, I'm like, Lord, I don't have any excuse. Here I am. Whatever you want to do, with whatever little gifts you've given me, I'll do it. And Jesus told us exactly how we can find, because if you ask people if they want to know God's will for their lives, most people will say yes, right? I want to know what God's will is, what his plan. First of all, you need to know that he has a plan for your life. He told the prophet Jeremiah, before you were formed in your, in your mama's womb, I knew you, and, and your days were planned out. That's to everyone he's created. He, his, Jeremiah's calling was, was to a prophet. Yours might be to something else, but he's got a plan. You're not an accident, all right? 
And most people will say, I want God's plan for my life. But I don't know what it is, Pastor Rick. I don't know how to find it. And I'm going to tell you, Jesus tells us exactly how to find his plan for our life, if you're interested. Because Jesus says, if you seek first the kingdom of my God and my righteousness, if you focus, if you, if you realize the power of one and start to focus on the thing that matters the most, God and his, and his mission for your life. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he says, all these things will be added to you. And so this is what happened in my life. I started not just living for myself or for things or other things. I started living for the Lord. And as I started living and walking toward the things of the Lord, listen to me, it's not that I, have to, I get to have to figure out what his plan is. His plan now becomes when I start working toward the Lord, he says, oh, this one's serious. This is what happens. His plan comes to you. Come on, somebody. You won't have to ask. His plan comes to you. And it, and it starts to be revealed in your life because he says, oh, he's serious about me. She's serious about me. But if I am shooting 15 different directions, I'm accomplishing nothing because I've not made him a priority. I'm, not made, I'm, I'm going in 10 different directions. For that person, you're, you're never going to figure out what God wants you to do because you're all over the place. You're like, Mar you're like Martha. Martha, Martha, you're worried and anxious about many things, but really only a few things matter, and really only one. And Mary has chosen what is best. And what did Mary choose to do? He chose to focus on Jesus. And in focusing on the Lord, he will reveal his plan. And the best way to kind of stir up what your spiritual gift is, is to serve. I remember when I was in the youth group at West Lola Baptist, and Sam Johnson, Sam Johnson, uh, our youth pastor, they were doing a big thing at the church uh, in terms of the a youth program, and he asked me to bring the invitation. And I was all of 16, 17 years old. I'm like, you want me to do what? Bring the, the church was packed. And, the, and they did the little play. And in doing the little play, I went forward, and I came up, and the lights were shining in my face. And... Uh, he said, just do the simple invitation. I'm 16, 17 years old. I couldn't see nobody much like today. My mouth went completely dry. I couldn't even tell you what I said. But then people gave their lives to Jesus. And then God started giving me opportunities to, to stand in front of people. From there, I'd go down to the beach and I'd preach. I'd go into the detention centers, and I'd share the music. Somebody handed me, uh, I was living with a couple guys, and on my bed was a guitar. I didn't play the guitar. And they said, I said, what is this? Go check your room. I went, I said, what, what's the deal? His guitar was on my bed. He said, the Lord told me to give it to you. I didn't play the guitar. I said, but I figured if God told someone to give me a guitar, I should probably learn how to play the guitar. And I've been playing the guitar. Listen, when you make a priority of the plans for God in your life, 
not only will you determine what the main thing is, the power of one, one faith, one hope, one baptism, one God and Father and all, you will understand what the mission is. And you will understand that there's a purpose in your life that God created you for a reason. And it wasn't just to sit or to make money. It's to use your gifts, your talents, your resources to reach the world for him. Amen? And to bring glory to him in this world. And so, like the prophet, he's not looking necessarily, someone said he, he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. He's looking for those who say, here I am, Lord. I am willing to take whatever it is you want to use my life. I, I'm willing to step forward and say, Lord, I want to fulfill your plans and your purposes for my life. And as Pastor Sean said last week, you just you take the step. And then you take another faith step. And as you continue to walk and prioritize him in his life, the will of the Lord And all of a sudden, you're not asking, what's God's will for my life? You know it. You, you just get this sense that you're right, you're right where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing. I was driving down the street, and I'm coming there close. And back in 95, and I'm driving down the street, and a missionary comes on the radio, Josh Vidal Ministries, Russia was the, the iron curtain had just fell and they're sending missionaries over there to preach the gospel because they, they weren't allowing it before and they're bringing over resources because their money went to nothing and as I'm driving down the spirit of the Lord says you're supposed to go as I'm driving home from work and I think Lord Russia and this is literally what I said, because I came up in the military. Russians were considered my, our enemies. But this is what I said to the Lord. Lord, what is a Jamaican going to be doing over in Russia? <laughs> but he wouldn't leave me alone about it. I said, okay, I, I will, if my wife agrees, I will, because I might be missing God, you know what I'm saying? So I go home, and I tell Deborah, I said, babe, I think we had two at the time, they were babies. I said, I think the Lord is telling me that I'm supposed to go on a mission trip to Russia. And I just kind of called back for the response. And, and to my amazement, she said, okay. I said, Russia. <laughs> Not down the corner, I said, Russia. She said, that's fine. If the Lord wants you to go, we, he has to supply the money for you to go aside from our regular bills because we were living paycheck to paycheck. And I thought, that was fair. I mean, I can't take my mortgage money and go to Russia with it. It was, it was $3,500. So I said, that's fair. I think she thought... <laughs> <laughs> that the money wouldn't come in. I think that she was doing that. Debbie, my wife is very smart. She, you know, she's right there. But the rest of the money came in. 
And Randy came in three times. I've been there three times. And the first time I went there, I was thinking, oh, what am I doing over in Russia? And as I went, the, the kids, we went to the schools, we went to the, to the uh, hospitals, we went on the streets. The kids thought, when I went to the schools, they thought, because everybody in Russia, many of them, they looked all the same. There's, there's not like what we got going on over here. Where every, every, you've got colors and mixtures over here. They all look the same over there. And so they thought I was a basketball star. <laughs> <laughs> and they would flock to me. Everywhere I went, there were kids that I was sharing the gospel with. Come <laughs> on, somebody. I'm like, and people were getting saved left and right. And I was there for 10 days. And when, uh, and when I came back the first time, I'm, I'm on the plane. And I'm, because at one point, I'm, I'm handing out things on the street. And I had this sense, oh, my goodness. I'm right in the center of God's will. I'm right it was like, whoa. Because a prophet, maybe two years ago, said, I, I don't know who you are, but I see you on a corner handing out, looks like, literatures or, or things in, in a foreign country. And in that moment, he brought that back to me. And I knew I was right in the center of God's will. And then when I got on the plane home, I'm just overwhelmed and full. Because was God bringing a Jamaican to Russia for? And he had all these divine appointments for me in Russia. And so as I'm sitting on the plane, thinking about this, I heard the Spirit of the Lord talk to me again. He said, Ricky, thank you. What? What? The Spirit thanked me, and in that moment, I just started weeping. I'm sorry. some fool in the airport. Nobody else heard it, but I heard it. And all he'd had me asked me to do was to go and to be obedient. And from this point, from that point to today, I don't ask if I'm in the will of the Father. I'm seeking him first. I'm putting him first in my life. And I know his will has overtaken me. And I know he wants to use you and me to reach the world around, around us, whether it's our coworkers, whether it's our family, whether it's our neighbors, whether it's our friends. He's just looking for a vessel to fulfill the mission that he's called us to do in his life. It's not just to make money or paycheck. He loves people. The 
that's what I found out when I went to Russia, that our, our governments may be at odds, but the people are just like you and me. They're just trying to make a living, and they need Jesus. Found the same thing out in India and Brazil and even on our own street corners. God's got a plan and a purpose that he wants to use us for. And if we would start to put him first, you will start to hear his voice. It's not going to be a scream, I promise you. It's going to be a still small voice. And you'll start to get used to it. You'll know that's the Lord. And the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep, who is our risen savior, wants to lead us and to guide us. We, got, for such, we are heading into a time where we need to hear the voice of the shepherd. And we can't be distracted by all the noise and running in 15 different directions. We all need to discover the power of one and focus. Because in the times that are coming on this planet, we need to hear, go left. Go, don't go down that street. We need to hear that if we're going to fulfill what God wants us to do. Anybody interested in fulfilling the mission that God has for their lives? Come on, somebody. That should be all of us. But it starts by getting serious about the things of the Lord. Because you get serious with him, he will get serious with you. And his heart, when he says you are his masterpiece, he means it. We serve a risen Savior. He's alive. He's well. He's ascended. He's, he's, he's set forth his Holy Spirit. He's poured out his gifts. And he is pouring out his gifts on his, on his church. And he says, if you want to see those gifts activated, understand that it's never going to be about me, myself, and mine. It's going to be about what he's trying to do through you. Does that make sense? So if you're here today, listen, as we come to a close, the first thing is getting right with the Lord. If you've not yet accepted Christ as your Savior and your Lord, that's where it all begins. Understand what God has done. He's done because he loves us. He wants a relationship with us. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It means he's the only way. The only truth in life. He says, no one sees the Father unless they go through me. If You've got to make your peace with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And in that moment, the scripture says, when you, when you make your peace with God through Jesus, you become born again. His, his spirit indwells you, and he starts to reveal his plans, his will, and his purpose, and his gifts, and his callings for you. And every single one of you are called. And it's not just the minister. Everyone is called. Everyone has a gift. And don't miss next week. All right? But you have to say yes. So let's say we bow our heads and we close our eyes. And if that's your desire, you want to see God's plans and purposes fulfilled in your life, just as an act of faith, just raise your hand and say, that's me, I want God's 
plans and purposes in my life. Just slip it up, anybody. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand, hands, hands going up. Hands going up everywhere. God sees your hands. This is a call. This is a call to say, yes, Lord, use me as part of your missions. And so, Father, you saw the hands, and really it should be all of our hands. And some are already doing it. Many are already doing it. But, Father, you saw the hands that went up today. Say something like this. Say, Heavenly Father, here I am. Use me. I surrender my gifts, my talents, my abilities, my resources. I surrender it all to you. Help me to focus on the main things and the mission. Speak to me and show me your will, your plans, your purposes for my life. Forgive us, Lord, where we become distracted about things that in the end just doesn't matter. Help us to prioritize your will. I believe that Jesus, you came to die for me. Three days later, you rose again. And so from this day forward, I put my trust completely in you for my salvation and not just my salvation to reveal your plans and your purposes for my life. Well, have your head is bowed and your eyes closed. Everyone just kind of lift your hands and say this with me. Fill me, Jesus, with your Holy Spirit. Reveal your gifts to me so that I might walk them out in service to each other and to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.